Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're going to wrap up this week on a reflection on the kerygma. Began the week thinking about the synod and synodality that's uh, happening now, the, or, you know, the kind of maybe the central focus of the papacy or the high, high point from Pope Francis' point of view of the culmination of his papacy in this synod. And what I'm doing is I'm praying and I'm praying uh, each day for, for genuine grace and heavenly help and revelation to happen there. And that, and there's voices that are present that want to compromise the faith there that are, want to take the church in another direction. Just pray that the Lord reveal his majesty, his power, his authority, his mercy, that a holy fear of God would just fill the whole assembly and that the will of God would emerge. And I think that's, it's a good thing to pray for all of us. But I think that the thing the church most needs is not just to answer key questions about how to make our way in relationship with the broader world and, you know, community and peoples. It's how can we be more faithful? How can we really come into deeper fidelity? Among all the baptized, lots of people are leaving the church. We know that, right? We saw the statistics over the last number of years, decades. Uh, we see the whole, the whole globe, you might say, in many ways. Not that this isn't true. Let me correct myself there. That the first world, so to speak, the United States, Canada, Europe, places like that, there's, there's an abandonment of the faith at a high level. Not so in Africa, not so in places like India, not so in China even. There's a tremendous amount of radical faith happening and some amazing things going on there, but a great test in this part of the world. And friends, what that's revealing, it's very important in some ways that that's happening because there's a test. My view is, my, my honest feeling, and I have a number of reasons for it I won't go into here, but my honest feeling is that we're under a redemptive discipline of the Lord. Like Hebrews chapter 12, God disciplines those whom he loves. If we were orphans and God didn't care about us, he wouldn't discipline us, he said, because the disciplines needed to bring about the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And later in that chapter, it says God shakes the nations. God shakes the earth and shakes the nations. Our stability, our confidence, our pride, whatever. He's shaking it both in the church and outside the church. So that human beings wake up and we stop clinging to things that are unshakable. We take things that are shakable and treat them as if they're unshakable to put all our, our interest and our passion and our, our belief and our desires connecting them to things that are shakable and not really finding our grounding, our fundamental identity, our whole hope and confidence and an awareness that we literally belong to God who is unshakable. When human beings lose that and we let go of our commitment, that kind of clinging to the Lord, we get lost. We become subject to the principalities and powers. We get confused. There's a fair number of people that call themselves Catholic, call themselves Christian, I think that are way out there, very lost. There's a different religion being communicated and some of it's even coming from leaders in the church ordained leaders in the church bishops others 
we're saying, you know, here we just, we're going through the kerygma this week, this beautiful grounding, the faith in you here, the preaching of uh, St. Paul began this week with this fundamental phrase, you know, this, this verse from Romans 1, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who has faith to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And there's voices in the church today that are trying to create an official position of the church that Jewish people have their own way to salvation. They don't need, they don't need the Jewish Messiah. Despite what Peter and John and the apostles and what the Lord himself said, we're wiser now. Uh, this particular message, this call, the kerygma we've been talking about all week doesn't really apply to the Jewish people. We don't need to take the message to the Jewish people like we take it everywhere else in the world, like it was taken to us. It was brought to us, this beautiful saving act. And I think it's, I think the confusion here is terrible. But there's other areas as well that people are compromising on. So there's false teaching that's emerging there. You say, well, how can we, how can we get back to the core? We get back to the core by hearing the kerygma. And having proclaiming it again and again, it doesn't get proclaimed very much. It doesn't get proclaimed very much with the understanding of, you know, not only what it is, if you haven't had a chance to tune into the program this week, I've been talking and kind of broke open what is the core of this message, you know, which is the origin of the church's life. The church is born of preaching. It's very interesting. Not just any, not just preaching generically, but this particular message about Jesus and what he's done for us. And in it, is the profound understanding of the need the human race has for a savior. And there's only one savior. That's the man, Jesus Christ, as St. Paul tells us, who's come to save us by virtue of the love of the father, the command of the father. He came to deal with the sin problem. And we're never going to fix all the problems that are on the earth that everybody's constantly focused on. The church's contribution is, yes, having people deployed in the world and using their gifts in every way possible to make this a better place that more corresponds to the will of God and to healthy human living. Yes, for sure, that's part of it. But what the church really brings is, and people who are deployed in the world, who are baptized, who are Catholic and others, the only way they're going to be fruitful, the only way we're really going to be fruitful to bring about a real change is to have hearts that are radically abandoned to Christ and have this living kerygma in our soul. And going back to what I said at the very beginning of the week, quoting uh, Father Cardinal Cantalamesa, he said, what does it mean to become a disciple? What is it, what is it really all about? You know, we, the church talks a lot about go make disciples, go make disciples. Well, what is it? How do we do that? He said, when adult persons at last have the occasion to hear the kerygma, the unique claims of Christ, to renew their own baptism, consciously choose Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior, and commit themselves actively in the life of their church. And that's what it means. So what does it mean then to... Understand Christ as Lord and Savior, which is exactly what Peter was preaching. We talked about yesterday in Acts chapter 2. Peter called those who were listening, whose hearts were beginning to turn, the Jewish people he was speaking to, that were on fire. So what should we do? What should we do? 
because Peter had just declared Jesus was risen from the dead, that he's fulfilling all the prophetic promises of the Old Testament, that the Messiah has come, that he's exalted at the right hand of God in heaven, all power and authority belong to him. And Peter said, yes, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit that's being poured out here on the day of Pentecost. So what's being proclaimed is this. Jesus Christ is Lord. So break it down into these three simple titles, Jesus Christ and Lord. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus means Savior. Jesus comes to save us from our sins and to raise us to new life, to bring us into new life with God the Father and give us power to become children of God. And there's no other name under heaven, Peter said so clearly, under heaven or on earth, by which another person could be saved. People can be saved. It's through Jesus, the only Savior of the world. Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? He was raised from the dead. He's exalted and glorified. He's filled with the Spirit. He's the Messiah, the Anointed One. And on the day of Pentecost, he pours out his anointing. His anointing is the Spirit. And the Spirit is what brings human beings from death to life. He Christs us. He christens us. And that's what happens in baptism. He makes us born again. He gives us a new power and a new capacity to live a new way of life. And he he empowers us to enter into his mission through the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help build the kingdom and to follow Jesus as he covers the earth to seek and save the lost under the movement of the Holy Spirit. Number three, Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit reveals him as Lord and God. That's the mission of the Spirit is to glorify Jesus, to make him known. And so that St. Paul said when the Holy Spirit reveals in the preaching of this truth about Jesus, the human heart becomes animated and human beings say yes. They confess then with their lips, I do believe that he's exalted at the right hand of God. I do believe that he's risen. I do believe that he's here and that he's Lord. And all power and authority belongs to him as Lord. And he reigns in glory as the head of the church and he's, he's head over all creation. One of us is now reigning. Jesus became one of us, and now he's he's entered into glory, and he's reigning at the right hand of God the Father. And we're called to share in that destiny. So what, in a nutshell, does Jesus want? As Savior, he wants to save us from our sin, from death, from the power of Satan. As Christ, he wants to anoint us with the same power that raised him from the dead, the power that the apostles talked about being born again, the divine life that was given to them and to give us power to walk by the Spirit, to become holy by the presence of the Spirit in us, to be missionaries, to be sent ones, to be apostles, to go and proclaim and extend the love of Christ and the call that's in Jesus. And as Lord, he wants his kingdom and authority to come alive in us. We have real authority as children of God over the powers of darkness, over the world of flesh and the devil and to walk in that freedom and that authority as fathers, as mothers, as parents of families, and in so many different ways. And it's important not to assume that people, just because people have been baptized, that they know this, that they have a personal living relationship of faith in Jesus, that they understand him as Lord in Christ, and that they become his disciples, and they're now living in the Holy Spirit, and that they're committed to living as brothers and sisters with 
parishioners and you know in the body of Christ, the new family that the Lord is siring, that they really are committed to standing with others. Again, just in summary, you know the um, the this part of being committed, entering into committed relationships, is commitment to Christ, to a person. That's where it starts, and it's being animated by the Holy Spirit who is literally not only leading us to communicate the truth about Jesus, but to live it fully in our lives with this radical abandonment and trust, but to do it with others and to really intentionally come together in committed relationships with people in our parishes and maybe movements that we're participating in, whatever it is, we're really sharing new life in Christ. And then we can say together, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Lord of all, everybody. I mean, the whole world. He's Lord. It's going to be totally revealed when he returns, and all opposition to him is going to be dealt with, right? Jesus Christ is my Lord, is what each baptized person ought to be able to say, and say with great joy and great confidence. And Jesus Christ is our Lord, right? Together, we're living in him, living through him, living under his lordship for the praise and glory of God the Father. Friends, let's pray for genuine revival of this fundamental reality in the life of every baptized person and let it go far beyond with great compassion and love to people throughout the world who've yet to know Jesus, who've yet to hear the gospel and to be saved. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.